This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. That's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast brought to you by Comic Book Click. And as always, I'm never alone. Ma'am, can you please introduce yourself? Hey, I am Melissa Simpson, a.k.a. Big Sis. Big Sis is here in studio, ladies and gentlemen, and... This is a cause for celebration because before I even had a platform to podcast on, before you guys heard my diatribe about movies and televisions in um, consideration of comic book and the comic book media, it was Big Sis here that used to hear all my ranting and ravings and my ramblings for all things television and movies. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here on this show. I'm a little bit more of a professional capacity, but man... Uh, yeah, I, that, this is our entire childhood basically, right? Um, pretty much. I mean, I, I've been listening to you since you started, um, and it's pretty surreal to actually be on the show. So thank you for having me. Oh, no, Um, no problem. But it's, this is just like a Tuesday for us sitting down and talking (laughs) and sharing our thoughts, opinions, and you know, people always uh, look at us and always say, you guys have your own language. And hopefully people can understand what we're t- talking about. <laughs> we don't get <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. to it. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. And I wanted you on this particular episode because next week, Birds of Prey comes out. And it will be the first comic book uh, movie of the year of 2020. But there seems to be a push in general for female-led superhero movies this year because we have Black Widow yes. and um, Wonder Woman also comes out uh, this year. Yes. But I, I, out of all out of all of them, I felt like Harley Quinn has probably the most problematic uh, <laughs> backstory. Like I'm looking at these women. And I'm trying to, you know, it's like, obviously, Wonder Woman is a hero. I went and I saw that thing, and she's talking about only love can save the world. And you resonate with that. That feels like something a hero says. Feels like something heroic. Um, Black Widow, you know, she's a little bit, you know, in the she muddies the waters because she's a spy. But for the most part, she's loyal. Um, she has that family of the Avengers. She does the right thing when she needs to. Uh, Harley, would you consider Harley a hero? Harley is her own hero. She saves herself. <laughs> I know, she I like that. Herself. I like that take. I, I don't I don't consider her a hero per se. Um yeah. she gives women the right to kind of be bad, the right to not be perfect, not be 
Wonder Woman not be, like I said, perfect. We can be okay. a little crazy. We can walk around with, with a bat or a hammer. We can smear our makeup and just do whatever we want because we want to. You're right. In contrast, Diana's kind of like, I mean, she was sculpted from clay, right? <laughs> like she's yeah. literally... <laughs> Uh, ideal literally perfect in a way born from zeus like she is yeah you're right uh, 100 she's the ideal um character can you remember the first time you saw harley quinn or uh your earliest memories of the character um actually it was the animated series the batman animated okay. series i remember that really um, good show <laughs> yeah really oh yeah <laughs> and i remember watching it as a kid and not not even picking up on the domestic violence and all the other aspects. Oh, right. No, definitely. Definitely, definitely. It was like, wow, she is just really down for her man. 100%. Um, I remember her from the animated series as well. I think it was because of that accent, that like Brooklyn accent. It turns out she was actually born in Bensonhurst. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, she also reminds me of kind of like a mob wife. Okay. You know, like like kind of doesn't want to admit to all the stuff that her husband's doing because <laughs> she's he's doing it, I guess, in a way for the couple. Um, and that's yeah, how so I are, think, and that you just accept it. Hundred percent. Yeah, you gotta let you gotta let them close that door. You know, when they close that door behind you, it's over after that. Um, so yeah, the actual character Harley Quinn. Um, she was created by Paul Dini and Bruce Tim. Those are the people who worked on Batman the Animated Series. So that's the craziest thing about all this is that the other women that we spoke of and most comic book characters start off in comic books first. But Harley Quinn is the rare case that started off in the animated series. Right. Um, they wanted to... It was going to be like a like a walk-on role, kind of, even though you can't walk on with a, as a cartoon character. But, like, several police officers were going to be taken hostage by somebody. Uh, and then that person was going to jump out of a cake. And they were going to have the Joker do it. And he was going to kind of, like, be in drag. But then they were like, nah, that's kind of weird. Even though they eventually ended up having him in drag, like, in another episode. But they were like, let's just give him a, a female sidekick. And she'll just be the one to do all the dirty work. And so... Out comes Harley Quinn, and she becomes the love of his life. And um, Bruce, I think it was Paul Dini, who was actually friends with Arlene Sorkin, a former star of uh, Days of Our Lives. And in Days of Our Lives, there was a weird dream sequence where Arlene Sorkin wore a, a like a jester costume. And I guess through some weird happenstance, they were like, that's totally what we're going for. So they draw the jester outfit, and they get Arlene to be the voice on the animated series for the character. Um, and it wasn't until about, I think a full year later when she, uh, would go on to get into comic books in September of 1993, but yeah, 92, she's relatively young for a lot of these other characters that we talk about. Yeah. She's, she's pretty fresh. (laughs) What do you think it is? I think you spoke a little bit about it as far as like letting your hair down or loose. What do you think it is that makes people gravitate towards Harley so quickly? I mean, you were talking about. Uh, less than 40 years. Um, Cap is about 80 years old, so is Batman, Superman. Uh, but Harley's really rosen through the ranks, even surpassing other female heroes um, that have been around longer than her. What do you think is it is about Harley? I think kind of like I said before, you know, 
women are often looked at to be a certain way, act a certain way, present themselves a certain way. And with Harley, she flipped the script and said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be this way. I'm going to dress how I want. I'm going to walk around and beat people to death and shoot and kill and be a part and be with the man I love and be a part of his organization and do what he does and run with him. This is what I want to do. This is what makes me happy, which actually turned out. And, that and it, it is her choice. Place. It's a bad, it's a bad choice, right? But it, it, it is her choice her at the end choice. of the day. Absolutely. Yep. And she made that choice. And, you know, it's funny because people tend to say, oh, well, she flipped because of Joker or Joker made her flip. I think she used that as as an excuse. She always wanted to be bad. If you go back to, yeah. you know, Harleen, when she was in college, you know, sleeping with her professor, I mean. That's a bit much, right? I mean. <laughs> that was a bit much. <laughs> yeah, it jumps from that to the extremes of the being a psychiatrist and, and you know, helping your uh, patient escape. But in the same aspect of, you know, that's wrong. You know, you're not supposed to cross that line, but still you're going to do it. That's because that's what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, you obviously don't have to get into details, but have you ever found yourself in a position where you, you just are strangely, weirdly attached to somebody that you probably shouldn't be? I know it's happened to me (laughs) before, you know, um, I'm trying to find, uh, the relation here with Harley because she at the, on the outside she does seem to know that Joker's bad for her and regardless of how many um pinterest you know photos you see of i'm just looking for my harley or just looking for my joker for the most part the comic book community knows that that relationship is a bit toxic um but do is there a bit of you that relates to uh, you know just falling for the bad guy yeah you definitely you definitely um tend to cling or you know go towards things that it's probably isn't the best decision. I mean, but the funny thing about that is that sometimes with people, those things change. It's not always yeah. a guy or, you know, it, it changes. So for now, it's this situation that you're clinging on yeah. to that you probably, it's probably helping you make some bad decisions. So then you cut that, you stop that, but then you go on to something else that isn't the best either. So it's just right, a, right. A, a revolving door of just bad decisions and just blaming other things for those bad decisions. But those are things that you're doing. You're causing those those things. No, I totally get it because, um, and I tell this to people all the time. It's it people try to make it. Sometimes people try to make it an altruistic task to um, help somebody get better, but a lot of people choose to help others get better because it's easier than um, helping themselves get better. Yes. And they also sort of want credit for helping people get better. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, I'll just help you work on you. And then when all this is done, you'll be forever indebted to me because I helped you. You know, I saw what you could be as opposed to what you are. Um, and th- that whole savior mentality. I think there's a little bit of that in Harley as well. Oh, there's um, a lot but- of that. Yeah, I got a lot of that <laughs> from the... Look, I can help you. None of those other ones can do it, but I can do it. I can do it. A little bit of hubris there, right? A little no bit of... No one else can do it but me. I can do that. I'm, I'm telling you. Watch me. Yeah. I, I um, when prepping for this episode, I asked you to read the Harleen um, book. It literally just came out. Uh, I think the last issue came out earlier this month. Um, and 
uh, also the Batman the Animated Series uh, Mad Love episode because that's the episode that gives us Harleen's uh, origin for the very first time. The story, you know, long form for the first time. And I think one of the first things that I noticed, of you know, looking back and looking back at that episode is exactly what you were saying. They don't shy away from any of that stuff, from the abuse, from the outward lying and manipulation. Were you surprised at all um, going back to that specific episode, Mad Love? Yeah, it was it was a nice refresher, but it's it's kind of cringy if if you just sit here as a grown woman, you know, having children and being you know in good relationships, bad relationships, and seeing a cartoon character go through depression and you know abuse, mental, physical, you know, verbal, and it's like this is the cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, this is the e- this is supposed to be the easiest part of life. Yeah, this is, <laughs> like this life is taught to you too, the easiest but, way. You know, but they got they they hit a lot of key points when when it comes to things like that. You know, she was so infatuated with him that she just allowed these things to happen because in her head that this is what she wanted. And again, like I said, he didn't. I don't feel like he created. Of course, he contributed to the creation of her, but she was already that way. And it was just yeah. jumping from one thing to the next to just keep adding to what ultimately came out to be the Harley Quinn that we all know and love today. You, what's funny about that is that it's it's almost it's almost mansplaining for Joker to take the credit for that, right? Like it's almost like and he doesn't deserve the credit and turned you out for that. Right, right, right. And that's interesting. So for those who haven't seen this animated origin, I'm going to give you a little bit of a. A, a shortened version. So Harleen, Harleen Quinzel becomes fascinated with the Joker while working at Arkham Asylum and volunteers to help treat him. During their sessions, Joker seems to open up to Dr. Quinzel, even going so far as to tell her stories about his childhood. She falls hopelessly in love with the Joker during their meetings, and when Batman returns a severely injured Joker to Arkham, Harleen steals a jester's costume, becomes Harley Quinn, and breaks him out of Arkham. A Harlequin, uh, uh, um, oh, this is just for the fans. A Harlequin is a mime or a jester, typically masked and covered in diamond and a diamond pattern. So that all fits. Um, later on, she finds out that he lied to her concerning his childhood and creates these false backstories as a way of controlling his own narrative. He lied to her just as he did every psychiatrist that interviewed him. Almost immediately uh, after finding out that he lied, Joker knocks her out of a two-story window, and she still manages to forgive him and return to his side. The Joker frequently insults, ignores, hurts, or even tries to kill Harley, but she always manages to come back to him, convinced that he genuinely loves her. Before we get into the problematic relationship, what do you think of the animated Harley design, like the red and black, the full bodysuit? Oh, that's classic. I mean, the pink and blue is, is cute and fun, but the red and black, that's, it's just classic. That's what I gravitate towards. That's what I see when I think of her. Can you, I mean, um, do you, it, do, yeah, that's the one you prefer over all of them? Uh, yeah, I just, it's just, it's the original. I mean, that's just, even she's gone to like the shorts and the, I I always go back to the original with the ears and the puffballs at the end. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, she wears the face paint. They did a little bit of that in in Suicide Squad. I don't know if it came off as well though. They have like a really quick scene of of Margot Robbie in that red and black the, um, the chest thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like 
I, I don't know how well that comes off um, live action, which is maybe why they made uh, their the design changes and stuff like that. Um, what I noticed is that in 2009, they came out with this game called Batman Arkham Asylum. Yes. It became a, a series of games, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and whatever. But it was those Arkham games that really started to kind of, for lack of a better term, sexualize Harley. Mm-hmm. Like, um, she started wearing, like, these nurse outfits and these, like, really gothic skirts and um, these, uh, I guess you would call them... Like what's that? It was brazier, a boosty, a bustier? What do they call those things? Like a like a corset. Yeah, like a gothic okay, corset. Cor- all, all yeah, all kinds of stuff like that was all all set up for her look. Um, and I the reason why I bring that all that stuff up is because in 2011, DC was all like, you know what? All of our comics have been going on for way too long, so we're gonna reboot everyone. We're gonna start everyone from the beginning. So, like, one of the things they did was they took away Superman's red underwear because they thought it was silly. <laughs> some people got, yeah, some people got like little things like that. Harley kind of, sort of, everything changed, right? So, um, we were given a deeper look into her backstory and we were shown that her parents weren't really supportive when it came to her trying to get her master's degree, which is weird because like not every <laughs> kid says, you know what kids. I want to do? Get my master's. Yeah. <laughs> like okay. your master's. What, 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 what do you How need that for? You? Ridiculous. Um, regardless, <laughs> regardless, uh, she gets her doctorate in criminal psychology and later chooses to disguise herself as an inmate in Arkham Asylum as a way to get exclusive exposure to the criminals. When Joker sees her, he doesn't say a word and forces a kiss on her. Uh, the two will event- would eventually break out of Arkham um, and Joker decides that if she's really down, she should prove it with an acid bath. Um, and that's kind of where you get that scene from Suicide Squad where she's she jumps inside of the uh, chemicals. What, right. what's, and willingly. what's big yes and what's big about this is that both those parts the fact that she willingly did it and the fact that you know for good or ill regardless of her life choices her physical appearance is a tribute almost to the joker you know that's a which is kind of i guess you could also say that too with margot robbie with the with the tattoos like her little physical her body is a is a is a tribute to this kind of psychopathic uh, killer. And so uh, the thing is, she ended up getting her attire in the, in the New 52, like in 2011, by just grabbing random pieces of, of uh, clothing off of college girls in the area. Uh, so the New 52 Harley Quinn has a sleeveless top, tight shorts, boots. Um, her hair is half red and half black or half blue. Um, and... I think the biggest thing is some female fans really hated this change. This is, I guess you would call this change like this, this uh, iteration is fits right between suicide squad and, um, you know, the full bodysuit thing. But a lot of women liked Harley Quinn being sexy without having to dress provocatively. Um, do you agree with that take there? Yeah. I think people feel like, Oh, the more confident and strong she is, the less clothes she needs. Right, I I, I, <laughs> I don't get it. Which I is mean, weird because they literally have an adult sexual joke in that Mad Love episode, where she's like, "Do you want to ride your Harley?" Right, you know? and like, and she's, and, and that's you know, yeah. right, right, and they they didn't have to have her, you know, in a G string or any of that kind of stuff. Um, so I guess that yeah, they're just trying to shorthand 
skin for sexiness or for confidence? I guess. I guess that's where they try to take it. I noticed yeah, that throughout I just, the years, the, the further she is from Joker, the less clothes she has. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is a confidence thing, though. That makes a lot of sense. I know that, um, like I said, there was a backlash in the, like for most female comic readers, because it, it almost it almost told them in their face what men, I guess, expected or what they wanted. Um, and I've seen in, in other comics or, you know, other female um, comic book enthusiasts will refer to the new Harley Quinn as almost a cosplayer. Like she's cosplaying the OG full body suit Harley Quinn, you know? Like I've heard, I've heard the new version called like Hot Topic Harley, you know, like all these kind of, all these kind of slights. Um, uh, but yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, I'm assuming you saw Suicide Squad. Yep. Oh yeah. What do you think of what do you think of that version altogether? That package, Margot Robbie bringing uh, light to the role, the accent, the this this design is um, quite a departure from either the the two that I spoke of but happens to be so popular that it's found its way into the comics. So if you read comics now, Harley Quinn looks like how Margot Robbie looks in Suicide Squad. So I think my, I guess... my issue with that is that there's not a lot of why did she change? When did she find this outfit? Like what? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the, the, you know... The missing link. Okay, give me a story, and then I'll be okay. Like, just tell me what happened. Did she just right? Right. What happened to that suit? Like, why is she not in that anymore? You know, and this whole new persona will kind of be more, I guess, not acceptable because people love her. I, I still, I still like her. I still like her this way, but I guess it will okay. make more sense as to why the change. But um, Margot oh, Robbie, curious. she killed it. Margot Robbie was amazing. Like I cannot picture anyone else doing a better Harley Quinn. Like yeah. to think of a if I would have pictured her on screen, that is exactly what I was thinking. What she did, yeah. the accent, the mannerisms, the way she moved, the way she just looked at the Joker was just exactly what I thought in my head. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Um, it, I think it's around this time. You, you know, you have the heart. Uh, what they like, I said, people sometimes call the hot topic Harley Quinn, and it's definitely the hot topic Joker, right? Like it's definitely like, the most edgy kind of uh, Twitter Joker that we've seen. Um, it was around the time of this movie that the thing happens that I don't like that happens, where merchandise and stuff starts to come out portraying these two as like goals. Did you notice this? Goals where Halloween, yeah, people doing the Halloween costume, the oh, Halloween, yeah. and all that kind of. It's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit much. If you if you know the history, it's a bit much. I guess for those who just saw Suicide Squad, it kind of sort of looks just like a a devoted couple, Bonnie and Clyde syndrome. For the for the newbies, right? You wouldn't really yeah, see yeah. someone who's who knows the backstory, who's invested in their you know time to read into it. Oh, I'm just gonna go dress like no, probably not. <laughs> right, right. And they look to hint towards a lot of the mad love stuff. Like you see a little bit of a scene of them, um, you know, talking in the in the asylum, and then she breaks him out, and she does the the acid bath. There's actually a scene I think where she does he does hit her, and it was cut, which tells me 
that they rather have sold more his and her stuff than just tell the story as it was. Right. Um, yeah, most that, I mean? people That's... don't read the comics. Most people right. go off the story that they're told on screen. Right. I mean, and the animated series kind of told them what was up, but yeah, it's still, it's still, still a bit of a, a learning curve. Like it was, like you were saying, they, they, he's done way worse things in the comics. Like he's been completely ridiculous to her in the comics, but we'll get there. Uh, so yeah, so throughout all of these iterations, throughout all of these uh, different kinds of Harley, um, one thing that's exhibited is what people call battered wife syndrome, right? So it's the array of physical and psychological injuries exhibited by women who, uh, who have been beaten repeatedly or otherwise abused by their partners or spouses. Um, according to Psychology Today, sexologist Professor John Money, great name, first uh, defined hybristophilia as a paraphilia in which one derives arousal or pleasure from having a partner who is known to have committed a crime uh, like murder or armed robbery. Right. And it's also called Bonnie and Clyde syndrome, like we were talking about from before. So, I mean, what 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 do you say to the Harleens in your life, <laughs> Harleens in, in your world when they come to you with their Joker story, with their Mr. J, I met this guy, yada, yada. Do you have any advice for the Harleens out there? You also don't really hear at all about any females in her life until after, until Ivy. And that's after. Oh, you're right. And that, and I guess that, and the support system, right? That, that's a lot. That's a big thing, right? Having a support system in general. Big, big part of it for someone to come along and say, um, no, he's crazy. He's beating you. Like that's a huge, huge part of it for anyone who's ever been a part, you know, been a victim of it. I know most of the time they feel alone. They feel like they don't have no one to talk to. And if that is the case, seriously, in Harley's sense, she, you don't hear of no family, no one. Her parents were unsupportive, like you said. They didn't even want her to get her degree. So why would she feel comfortable talking to them about a relationship where she's being abused? So she doesn't have anyone. So to her, that this is okay, I guess. This is, this is how it is. Yeah. So keep keep your your support circles, keep uh, your support systems, uh, keep people has- around who know you for you, who love you for you, who who have loved you unconditionally up until this point. And some people may not feel like they have that. Um, you know, go. These people exist. You know, uh, I think everybody. We end these uh, podcasts with "You are worthy." I think everybody is worthy of love and support. Um, and don't settle for anything less because you can end up in some very dangerous situations. Um, but let's get into Harleen. Uh, I wish I could pronounce the man who wrote this. <laughs> it's Stefan. Uh, let me see if I can get this right. Uh, let me see. St- oh my God. <laughs> Stefan Sedgik. S, but it's, 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 it's spelled S T J E. S T J E P A N. Step Stajepan Stajik. Anyway, great writer. Uh, 
on this book, Harleen, what did you think of this most recent recent telling of Harley's origin? Like I said, this is literally hot off the presses. This is the newest and latest version of her origin story, written long form. Um, and on the DC's black label, which is an adult label, um, how did you feel it tackled this story? And did you think it added anything that was um, needed? So in the animated series, she goes in and breaks him out. And in yeah. Harleen, Two-Face comes up with a plan and she just yeah, goes, checks on, him, checks on him to go, you know, protect. But who are you to go protect? <laughs> <laughs> right, protect right. Joker at Arkham Asylum against, you know, but there she what? goes running headfirst right into, to go save me. Oh, but, but like you were saying, you say, who is she? Okay. That who is she um, theme is throughout, right? Who are you to yeah. think you can save the Joker? Who are you to think that you have you figured out all uh, the criminal mind, the entirety of the criminal mind? Um, there's a lot of that, and and I guess, I guess being her only supporter, uh, her love is so powerful, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. What was it? Um, I'm her too beautiful to kill. So she powerful. says at one point, right? could just all again big yeah oh my gosh definitely um i thought yeah i thought it was interesting that they spent so much time in general inside the asylum inside uh with joker i thought it was very it, to me it was very unsettling that she kept calling him just jay like that they were like they were homies um and mm-hmm. watching her kind of spin out of control um it, it was it was i guess every other version is kind of shortened you don't get to see the long seduction right you don't get to see like the 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 claws that he put into her at various points um but i think like what you were saying it, it really gives her that support system early on or at least places IV in there to let you know that you know she's gonna have somebody who's gonna kind of put put her on the straight and narrow. Um, one of the things that I thought was completely shocking, that was completely surprising to me, was the slut shaming. You spoke about this earlier. Um, early on, it's revealed that Harley had an inappropriate relationship with in college with one of her professors, and uh, after getting caught. Harleen's reputation follows her around, as does the name Harley, as in Harley Davidson, because she lets everyone ride her. This reputation makes it hard for Harleen to socialize, always waiting to be judged for her past mistakes. Um, What did you think about the slut-shaming angle? Um, And do you think that slut-shaming now in general is worse than it was before? I think that... I was pretty surprised. I was pretty surprised to see someone. Our protagonist, right? The one that we're following around. (laughs) Kind of, you know, has some dirt under her fingernails. Yeah. When the, um, her classmate um, came up to her and asking about the promotion that she got or the assignment. Like who she slept with or whatever. Yeah, asking, you know, that that was pretty, like, surprising to me that they would bring that up and be so upfront with her about it, like, right in her face. Like, you, you know, usually some, they'll just talk about it behind her back, but 
to just come straight up and be like, who was it? Who do you sleep with to get this position? And Yeah, that was that was pretty reckless. Yeah, that was pretty that was a lot. And she goes on to say that it's it's like no matter where she goes, at least one person knows her or no you know, knows of her. Her reputation has preceded her. Um But yeah, I guess yeah. Do you think that that's a uh, issue more prevalent now that we're shaming each other across social media or whatever, just trying to enforce our opinions of what things should or shouldn't be? I would say yes, but I'm a guy, so I rarely get shamed I into anything. Say really, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, anything is game nowadays you can be shamed on the shoes you're wearing you can be shamed on how many men you slept with you can be shamed on how many men you didn't sleep with how many you didn't sleep with (laughs) how long it took you to sleep with someone um everyone feels entitled to an opinion nowadays i mean even going as far as walking up to someone and asking who they slept with to, what what if she would have said oh i slept with such and such but she was, what was yeah she then, then what yeah it just confirms the it just confirms the the suspicion and she just walks away is that it right, what are you, oh thanks are you gonna go there? oh maybe that's what i should do you know that's probably yeah, right so that came from anyway like what did you do that i didn't do to get you must have slept with somebody and that, and I think that's also a bit tragic because we do see a, a moment where Harleen is giving us, a, I guess, a symposium or whatever, right? Like she's up there giving a lecture about the things that she's passionate in and no one's paying attention. So it's like she didn't sleep her way here. As a matter of fact, she's worked kind of hard, but no one even gives her that credit there in, in that arena or in the other arena. You know, in, the, in social circles, she's considered, you know, someone who sleeps around. And even in professional circles, no one's giving her the time of day to actually listen to her proposals and stuff. All right. Um, uh, another theme that they go on with this in this story is the, the, the theme of tying together PTSD and empathy. Right. So throughout the story, Harleen is trying to prove that increased exposure to traumatic events will lessen your ability to feel empathy, compassion, sympathy, because your mind still thinks that you're in survival mode. Um, she tries and succeeds to get a grant from Bruce Wayne to study the inmates of Arkham and prove her theory. But uh, do you think that that's true? Do you think that um, if you're put in a situation for a long time where it doesn't help to be compassionate, that you eventually just lose that compassion? I don't think you can lose compassion. Okay. I don't think you can lose it. I think different situations make you look at things different. That doesn't mean that you yeah. just don't have empathy anymore. I don't think you just are no longer compassionate. It's just something you have to do for maybe survival reasons, maybe whatever, religious reasons, whatever the case is. You know, yeah. it's a decision you have to make for yourself or maybe for someone you love or care about. Um, but I don't think no, that's I can, something. I can see that. I think that's something that you can choose to put behind or choose not to use. So there's a difference okay. where you're not losing you may, you it. May ignore, you may ignore your compassion. Ignoring it. Ignoring it. It's there. You just don't care. Okay. I mean, as a soldier, I can tell you, you know, I've, I've been told horror stories um, of, uh, you know, soldiers going overseas and, you know, try, being friendly with the, with the local children and those children having bombs strapped to them. You know, always told to keep your head on a swivel because the situation that you're in may not actually be the situation that you, you know, 
the situation that you think you're in is not the same situation that you're in. And so it doesn't help to be trusting of people necessarily. But once I got out of the military, it took me a really long time to actually start trusting people, you know, to actually stop putting it between my team and everyone else, which which is what helped me as a soldier. Um, and I think that's kind of what Harley's getting at, right? It's like what helps these criminals continue to live their lives or even cops in in this city continue to live their lives is their lack of trust in, right. in humanity. But that's that's a slippery slope, right? That just, I think that's entirely um, personified in Harvey Dent. How did you like that? And, uh, uh, you know, comic book version of that uh, of that origin story. That was some gruesome. I like how like they that. kind of fit it together. Um, yeah, and just threw it in there like, oh, might 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 um might as well throw his story in here too, you know. Yeah. By gonna, the way, in the background, we're both going to end up murderers by the end of this anyway. So let's just yeah. tell how you got here. Um, but yeah. in his sense, he's still kind of him, where you know justice and we need to do what's right. But then in right. the other half of Let's let out all the crazy people. <laughs> Let's let out yeah, all the crazy people. Yeah, to prove my point. Yeah. So that we can prove my point that we need to be stronger. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think yeah, they yeah. did a pretty good job in, in putting that up the way they did. I really liked it. I really liked when um, he opens his eyes for the first time and the other one he can't really see out of. It's like blurry, right. even. Yes. Um, it yes. just creates this weird, eerie, you know, Almost spooky kind of uh, image. There's a ton of those in that book. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Harley's dream, right? A little bit on the nose, but uh, she continues to have this dream where she's walking down this winding road and uh, she's a bunch of bats lead her to somebody who seems to be helpless and vulnerable. And when she looks, it's Joker. And then this big bat monster shows up and is like, leave him be. He is, and what is it? Like, he's unsavable. She's <laughs> the only thing that can save him. Yep. And she's like, stop. I can help him. And then the bat, the big bat monster's like, it's your, it's your funeral. And it just like leaves. It just like leaves. And she has this dream over and over again of uh, of this. Um, I thought that was a, a really cool and artistic way to show the relationship that she would end up having with Batman and the and um, Joker. And if you even go back to Mad Love, I think that this story actually what works great about this story, Harleen. What I think that they added that uh, makes things a little bit more tastier is this idea that. Bruce Wayne knows that he kind of, sort of, let this woman do this, right? So now Batman knows who Harley Quinn is as a person, which would then explain why he's constantly, like, nice to her in a way? Or at least tolerates her? Right. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Because at the end of the book, he's like, Alfred, I I basically sent this woman, you know, like, I, I let her swim with the sharks, and now she's a shark. So I can totally see Bruce Wayne, like, every time he sees them together, like, sighing. And it's like, I remember when she was just a, a doctor asking for permission to get inside an interview with him. I you remember know? when I was signing now she's wrapped up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and now you're in this situation here. Um, Joker tells Harley that he was raised uh, 
in a city that turns people into monsters. So he's not a monster. Well, he's a monster now, but he basically had to become a, a monster out of out of survival. Sorry, um, he seems to think that he's a product of society instead of vice versa. Where do you come down on the whole nature versus nurture thing? Is it where you're from? Is it the is it how you're raised? Is it a little bit of both in the sense that you cannot ignore one or the other, or is it neither? It is so many things for so many people. Um, because I, I mean, it, obviously Gotham is. I think obviously Gotham is a, is a is a dangerous place. Um, and I I can agree that dangerous places do create dangerous people. But I, I when I look at Joker, I, I don't think of anything he says as sincere. Gotham right? created him, Batman. It did. It it did, but that's why people say, did Joker was Joker, you know, did Joker become Joker to meet Batman at his most theatrical, you know, like was everybody just regular villains? You've seen Batman, like he starts off fighting just mobsters, then all of a sudden he becomes famous as a guy who wears this big bat costume, and all of a sudden his enemies become more theatrical, and start having umbrellas that can shoot people. Or a freeze ray, or in this case, you know, you know, playing cards or those bitey little teeth things. So it's like, right. is Joker as the is Joker theatrical because Batman's existence re- kind of requires somebody to be just as you know, just as kooky, just as as crazy in that sense. And I think Harley kind of sees both of them as. You know, like it's weird. Like Batman is what gets between Harley and Joker a lot of the time, right? He might have more yeah, love for she, Batman than he she, does for her. And then going back to the animated series, when she actually traps Batman as a gesture yeah. of love for her <laughs> beloved, and he can't deal with the fact that she was closer to killing him than Joker was, smacks her up for it. What an amazing scene, right? Like, she legit bamboozled Batman. Like she she faked that she was leaving the Joker. She was able to capture Batman. She was able to um restrain him, take away his utility belt, all that. The only issue was Batman got in her head that, oh, you better not kill me because he would want to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. And so she calls him and it causes this whole big, uh, you know, ruckus. But yeah, he takes a swordfish, he knocks her out of the window, and even Batman gets on his case about it. He's like, bro, you had me. Matter of fact, no, she had me. Right. And all you had to do was just let it be. But you couldn't stand to see the, the idea that she could do something that you couldn't. You couldn't stand it. And like, how petty and how small of a man. I mean, Joker's been a lot of things, but like in that instance, it just shows you like, she had it. She, she, she. You, you claim that she doesn't do the things that you want her to do, and she's done and exactly the thing both. that you wanted to happen. It speaks yeah. for both him and for her. The fact that she could have gotten, she could have had this feat. Like she was the one who killed him. She killed Batman. Something no one could have ever done. Oh, yeah. And she couldn't go through with it because that wasn't what she wanted. She wanted the approval of Joker. She wanted his attention. She wanted. That's what she wanted. Yeah. So to not go through with killing Batman just because, oh, wait, you're right. He needs to see what I'm doing. I need that that 
eight plus. That's gold star. I need that. You know, yeah, I need the recognition him to that tell me I did. Yeah, yep. man. Purpose, purpose is meaning. Every human needs it. Uh, we shouldn't find it in other people too much. But yeah, she definitely um, needs that acknowledgement, that recognition from him. Um, you get that heartbreaking moment where you have her in like a what a full body cast, basically, and she's in the she- Arkham Asylum, and she's like. I will never, like, never, ever again, you know, he's heartless, he's this, he's that. And then she looks over, and he's given her, a, like, a flower. And he's like, get well soon. And then she's like, he's my angel. A flower. He's Not even a whole bouquet. Angel. A flower. <laughs> 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 you, you, you trying to say these girls are low maintenance? What are you trying to say? You trying to say, tell these girls out here to, you hear this? Big sis it's is out here trying flower. to tell y'all, don't be, Throw don't be, a, a flower ain't enough. <laughs> He's good. Throw a J on there. He's good. He tossed her out of a window and he gave her a flower. That was it, man. Girls, know your worth. You know what I'm saying? That's all it took. Just that little bit. Just that little bit of a, you cool? And all of those feelings, all of that just went out the window. Is that true? Like, is that, is that, did that happen? I've seen it. I've seen it. It's sad. It happens. Um, Unfortunately, at one point, that is- I w- at one point, Harley talks about one of the main reasons that why she had an attraction towards Joker is because he needed her, or at least pretended to, right? Like he was never in a place of vulnerability. He's never no, told no. Her. He nope, nope. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Hundred percent. He, he's never ever, said it. Ever, ever. And that goes back to her delusions. Like, who told you he needed you? Like, no, who are you? He didn't tell you he needed you. You made that up in your head that he needed you. I really liked in this, in the Harleen story, that you got to see, um, that it wasn't just following her point of view. Because you actually see how he was able to find her files and basically give her exactly what she wanted verbatim. That scene kind of made my stomach hurt a little bit. <laughs> I guess being that manipulative, like knowing exactly what she wants to hear and giving it to her and watching her get excited over hearing, you know, that her her theory might be correct or that, you know, um, she might actually save him or recover him or any of that kind of stuff. That's that's the height of that narcissistic manipulation, right? That's the height of, of, of keeping the power in the relationship, I'm assuming. Yep, absolutely. Give them a little bit of what they want. Make them make them see the dream that they believe. And then you yeah. snatch it all away. What'd you think of, of their love at first sight moment where she he basically pulls a gun out on her? Like this oh. this one this fire and, <laughs> and hellfire and she's like, What? That's <laughs> dream. Yeah, you know. The thing too, she she acted like she was trying to avoid him, but she already had these thoughts, you know, from that first encounter. She had already had this these feelings, not necessarily feelings for him, but you know, towards him or about who he was and about whatever he was about, the danger and all that stuff excited her. And that's why she couldn't get him yeah. out her out of her mind, and she tried to act like, well, I'm. I'm I'm gonna avoid him at all costs, and then found. Well, I guess I'm 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 just gonna have to interview him now. I'm just gonna have to do it. 
uh, selflessly, like, really? right? Like she just. I'm she just going to She didn't want to. She didn't really want to. Did. Sis. She, she, she she had to. And you hear a lot of she attributes a lot of it of like to like wishful thinking, and just trying to be optimistic and all this other kind of stuff. Um, but I I think that this entire story the main theme of this entire story is like redemption, right? Because when speaking to Batman, Harley asks if he thinks that the Joker can ever be saved and he doesn't really seem too confident about that. And she sees that as like a challenge. Like, oh, no one thinks he can be saved. So maybe I'm the I'm the person that can do that. In the same sense of wondering whether or not Joker is can be redeemed, I, I have to think that some no- of... Oh yeah, yeah. I have to think that some of her, some of her willingness to save him, relies in her wanting her own sort of redemption. Could that be a thing? Like they, I see how she's been cast aside by society because of mistakes that she's made. Could she be trying to rehabilitate bad people? So she's a good person you know? because she's trying to help bad people. Okay. But do you think that she genuinely enjoys helping the the more maligned of society, I guess? Because a, 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 a little bit of it feels I, like she enjoys the... I think the... she wants the credit. Okay. I, yeah, I, think... I think she wants the credit, but I don't think she... Good. Oh no, no! I was saying that I think that um, you're right with the whole credit thing. Um, I think in the animated series it was a little bit more cut and dry. Like they were, she was kind of like this ruthless psychiatrist trying to get like a book deal, if I'm not mistaken. And I seen another uh, alt- uh, uh, alteration where she had like a talk show, basically. You know, she was like one of those like I like a Doctor Phil. Right, because he's like a he's supposed to be like some kind of psychiatrist or something, right? And then um, yeah, that's how she gets tied up with the Joker um, in that sense. But this was the most that we've seen of Harleen, I think, ever. And you're 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 saying that uh, a lot of Harleen informs Harley Quinn that a lot of that was already there. Oh yeah, yeah. She she that just is... needed an escape. She needed something. Or like an excuse to let it out. And then, oh yeah, well I'm this way because of whatever. When deep down inside, that's how you've been. That's what you've wanted the whole time. Yeah. In your eyes, obviously you know of the hollowed history of the character. Is there any redemption for the Joker? Nah. <laughs> nah. And I was gonna ask. So this is another thing I was gonna he's ask you. Now, obviously, <laughs> obvious, obviously, he's a bit more black and white, right? Because of comic books, because of the way comic books are. I guess uh, I'll follow up that question with this question: Do you think we throw away people too often? This idea that they've done something or said something or. Uh, obviously, shame should exist in the world, right? It keeps people on their on their toes a bit. Like if somebody went and ate a live dog, I think they should be shamed for that because I don't think that that should be commonplace. 
But uh, how do you feel about that whole, uh, you know, concept of just like tossing the person away because they've done unspeakable uh, things? Well, they do kind of go into the whole, you know, definition of insanity and, you know, yeah. the same results or what is it? Same actions, different results or whatnot. Yeah. Wanting different results right. for the same thing. So to be the same in the sense of someone constantly doing the same thing. Okay. Someone committing a murder might be renewable. Commits yeah. two murders. Uh, maybe. Gotcha. Yeah. After it's what they do with that with that opportunity, right? It's what they do with that redemption. I'm, I'm thinking they're kind of liking this. <laughs> Just a little bit. They're, they're digging into it. They're digging into it a little bit. No, no. I, yeah. I, I, could, I totally it's get that. A little too far gone for anything that, it, you know, a psychiatrist can do. <laughs> I also, um, I really like, and go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, just in in the, for the sake of sanity, like who's more sane, the person committing the crimes over and over, or you allowing them to commit it and, you know, allowing them and accepting it. And that's a bit of, of the Batman syndrome, right? Batman not killing Joker, which is, this is spoken about by Two-Face, where Two-Face is like, the we our men our, the Gotham City Police Department continue to get gunned down by supervillains who have way too much firepower and Batman catches these supervillains on occasion but he doesn't kill them he brings them to prison and then they get out and they kill more people and so we need more of a, a divisive and definitive way to handle the crime problem in Gotham we need to kill them um, the way I've always interpreted this, and uh, let me know if you feel the same or different, is that Batman doesn't kill because he puts his trust in the criminal justice system, right. regardless of whether or not it works. You know, whether or not it works is up to the citizens of Gotham and the people who work for Gotham City Police Department, the people who work in the in the courts, right? The people I did who work my in the jails, job and brought him prison. to you. You that's it. Yes, you put him in jail. Right, because if Batman starts to prosecute and do his own judge, jury, and executioner, that's a slippery slope. And he'll just start to, you know, once he says all the time, like, once you start killing and you say, well, you know, I got to kill him because he's, you know, he's going to come back and kill people. Then, well, I guess you got to kill both of them because they might come back and kill people. And it becomes this slippery slope. And uh, Joker continuously wants Batman to break this one rule. But I do think that that's where it comes from. It comes from this uh, level of, Maybe misguided uh, trust in in the way things are run, in the way things are supposed to be run. Um, with how other people talk about him, Two-Face, uh, even Harley at some points, but definitely Joker. Did they poke any holes in your mind as to a city needing a Batman? Like the idea that a city would surrender to this guy that they don't know um, in an outfit <laughs> and kind of give him free reign? For Batman, yeah, no. <laughs> like, how do you, how did you how did you feel about the way Batman was described by people by villains? Like, he's this like rogue cop who gets to do whatever he wants outside of the out of outside of the law. Did any of that change your mind on how much freedom Batman should be allowed to have uh, out there in Gotham? I mean, it was always a 
question with vigilantes like why why are they allowed to <laughs> run around here and catch you know capture bad guys i guess there is such a thing as citizens arrest or whatever some people just want to do it with the cape on i guess i don't know right but right once he takes it to the level of let's say i guess just because it just ended arrow where he's killing people then then that's that's a thin line like okay He's out here capturing and helping, and he's actually working with the police department, even though towards the end of Arrow, that's what ends up happening, the same thing. He works with the police department. Right, but right. when he first starts off, he's doing just that. He is the judge, jury, executioner. He's making the decision on who lives, who doesn't. So yeah, the way that he's portrayed as, oh, well, he's out here, is it's kind of like, you know, not RoboCop, like SuperCop, like, oh, I'm part of the police yeah. force and I'm just helping. I'm just, you know, helping them out. Um, and that's kind of how I always pictured Batman. Yeah. Also, Superman, like, they, they were just always, like, the goody two-shoes of the superhero world. Like, right. they just were the perfectionists. They, were, they had to do things the right way, the proper way, get things done, you know, in order for justice to be served. Right, but it still comes down to us, or I guess them, right? <laughs> uh, the citizens of Gotham and and, and Metropolis, respectively. Um, yeah, they I they, they were really playing around with that that idea of redemption. I think um, Harvey, I guess you should call him Two Face, uh, really doesn't think um, that criminal should be redeemed, and that's some of the thing that's constantly talked about, right? Prison reform. Um, the death penalty. Are you are you a believer in the death penalty? Yes, I will yeah. say I am. Right. Well, um, and so he <laughs> thinks that. No, no, I'm saying because he thinks that that's a deterrent, right? And it kind of sort of is. Right. If you know that if you do this, you might be tried guilty and then killed. Odds are you probably wouldn't do it. Right. Right. But if you, it has if to you, be if consequence you, and severe circumstances need severe consequences right the uh the level of severity should fit the crime for the most part it should um and i guess when you put that lens on it batman's kind of going easy on some of these guys right right like when you when you gas a whole hospital or you blow up a bank or whatever and he kill a bunch of cops i mean you will not walking around with green hair, you know, with all these followers, like you would be done. A hundred percent. How did you feel about um, the executioners, these rogue uh, GCPD officers who feel like they should go around, they should be permitted, like Batman, to go around and hand out their own justice. The only thing is they think that they should be killing them. Kind of the same with, with Harley and Burr and People who feel like things are not right and feel like they need to yeah. take upon themselves to correct it, it lethally. Yeah, <laughs> I should lethally. say, I guess. No, but I think so that's one of the things that you say. To, that's one of the things know, in life, right? Been this way. You... Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying that's one of, the, one of the things in life is that trying to make sense of it. Really bad. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You you try to make sense of it in your way. It doesn't even have to make a hundred percent sense, right? But as long as it kind of makes sense. <laughs> as long as you can put some to... kind of rationale behind it, I mean, right. <laughs> oh, I also got to mention, I loved when um, Ivy was like, oh my God, don't bring paper in here. Like, you're going to bring desecrated corpses of felled trees. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, yeah, paper <laughs> is a tree. <laughs> like, she, she totally got upset because she brought in like a notepad. Right, right. And I was like, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, could you ever see? I know you are a humongous horror movie fan. Could you ever be a Harleen? Could you walk the halls of an insane asylum? Oh yeah, you know, I'm yeah, like that. Oh yeah. I don't know if I could, man. I feel like that's some of the stuff you take home with you, right? Like I don't like. How do you? How do you? Leave that. How do you leave that behind? How do you, like it? It Arkham almost seduces Harley, right? Like in the beginning, she's like, "Oh, I hate being here. Oh, I can't sleep." And by the end of it, she's putting on makeup and she's getting ready. She's hyped, like she's going right. to the club. She's getting cute to go see him. Right. She's totally getting sucked into the the entirety of the madness that is Arkham Asylum. Um, do and you say you think you'd be able to leave that some some of that stuff behind? I think so. I mean, look at the world that we live in now and how divided everyone has become. And still, I'm able to joke about the Super Bowl, but still respect, (laughs) you know, people's opinions and, you know, things like that. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. It's hard to do, though. Sometimes because opinions. People getting so offended over an opinion and. You know, people are so sensitive nowadays. So it, it gets to the point where you you don't know how to say things anymore. You don't know how to have. I don't know if it's a sensitivity. It, it, there's there's definitely a, a bit of the sensitivity issue. I think an, a, another thing that gets lobbied in there um, is that people seem to take everything personally. Personally, you know, yes. like. Personally, and I, 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 I've said this in arguments, and I said this to a bunch of people. What happened was bad, but it didn't happen to you. That person right. didn't do that, so to you, to ruin your day. So what happens is people will turn on their television, they'll see something that they don't like. Now they're offended. That thing offended Internalize me. It went it. out of its way. Yeah, it went and out of its way to bother me. So now I have to go find this thing and put an end to it. And I got to find other people who don't like it and create this weird mob mentality of like, are you as mad about the thing that I saw yes. as, as I am? Yes. And then and then you get mad at people in your own group if they're not as mad. <laughs> like, wait a minute. What are you? You were supposed to be as How mad. You? you only kind of mad? What are you talking about here? And yeah, it, it gets, no, it definitely gets crazy in that sense. Recognition. Yes, recognition. Purpose, knowing that you, you're on the same page with the rest of society, all that stuff. Um, and I'm not even working in an asylum. That is crazy. Were you surprised? Were you surprised that Har- Harley and Mr. J made love? Yes. I, I was didn't think too. it was going to happen that quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah, I didn't think I didn't think, that, that I didn't think she had the juice to unplug cameras and stuff. Like she was she was like head over heels. Yeah. 
I think it kind of it kind of falls into the whole. Oh well, now they slept together. And now she's really obsessed. Like I would have liked it that they, if they didn't yet, and her still be that yeah. way. Like, and she didn't even sleep with him yet, and she's, you know, right, right, right. <laughs> I I did think that that next panel after they slept together, where she is literally just in heaven, yeah, was a bit much. But again, I'm not a girl. So I I don't I don't know if that comes from a real place or if that's what a guy thinks a girl does after. That yeah. is what a guy thinks a girl does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not what a girl does. This is good. I'm gonna take out my notebook because I need to know these things. Because <laughs> she was like, "Oh my god," and I love him, and I love him. Smile, her arms up in the air, just sprawled out on that bed. Just... <laughs> <laughs> She was in ecstasy, like, or maybe yeah. on ecstasy. Hey, who knows the way how happy that, she was? But yeah, that, could be that it is too. not real life. Gentlemen, yeah, I think they actually not real life. I didn't actually even go so far as to mention the moisture in the on the bed, which is oh yes, yeah, she was, yeah. she was yes, she is definitely uh, <laughs> yeah, she's going through it. That was a bit much. Like, oh, okay. Let's Joker go in this. <laughs> Joker in this is a bit. He's drawn. Okay, I, I I attribute this to the story though. I feel like he's drawn a bit romantically, like a romanticized version of him. The eyes and the smirk and like, yeah. He just has like cheekbones and he's brolic, <laughs> right? Like I'm just he's like, cut who is this and... man? Yeah, he's like he's like a model almost, which you know I, I I like to think that that's the artistic you know expression of her just being head over heels. <laughs> but um, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think of his design? I mean, he's mostly just in a wife beater for the most part. All right, but they still give him his little the hint of him. Like his hair is not fully green, but it's like hints of green, and you know yeah. the skin color. You can still see the whiteness of it, and and like you said, the eyes, and it just gives you like this creepy kind of like, what is he up to? Kind of something's about to happen. Just always on yeah. edge, just going through the pages. Like, okay, when when is it gonna happen? <laughs> I got two vibes from a lot of their meetings. One was definitely Science of the Lambs, right? Like this woman talking to this crazy uh, serial killer and him just amused by her her alive, like her just being there, right? Um, but from a lot of the art artwork, he, uh, Joker was giving me like a real Loki vibe, like a oh. real... You know, like a real like I'm just I'm I'm just gonna play with you in this moment. I'm just gonna like a cat. I'm just gonna uh, you know, tell you what you want, kinda play around with you, kinda flirt around with you, um, but ultimately not really like it 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 never came clean to clear uh, it never he never came clean to her or and it never came out to be clear to her that he was manipulating her in this story, right? I don't think he's ever in this story, particularly this story. portrayed as doing something wrong. No, because right? after. No, nope, not in the. No. No, yeah, I don't think so. 
which is weird. Yeah, this is like a, a crazy romanticized version of of uh, of the two. I see. Um, where was I? I was on the smile. That was another big thing, right? Like right. he's like, I I'm just gonna see you smile, and I I actually thought, and I was a little bit squeamish because I thought we were gonna get I I thought we were gonna get the love making scene, but I thought the love making scene was going to get be at the point of the story where she turns her his back to him, mm-hmm. and she just like looks at the wall, I guess, oh, <laughs> and he okay. just like shows up behind okay. her and grabs her. Right. I was like, oh, is this about to get? And it didn't. But like that's her most romantic moment. When that crazy serial killer man hugged her in the in the insane asylum when she turned right. the cameras off, and at no point in that time did she see her, you know, any of that is wrong. Oh yeah, I just got to that thing there. Oh man, no, but what's cool like, is that see what's wrong with, and I know we're kind of ping ponging between Harleen and the anime series, but yeah, how she doesn't see that there's anything wrong with hanging back man upside down to please his um <laughs> to please his sadistic mind to where he wanted the people to see the piranhas smiling at them. Smiling, yeah. Yep. Just like yes. she doesn't see nothing wrong with that. And who remembers that? Like who you're having a conversation and you know that the the first thing you think when your partner tells you that is, um, oh, let me find a way to make that happen for you. Me- right, and that that's that's usually what that usually is is like, man, you know, I haven't had Whataburger in a long time. That's usually what that is, right? right. And then you're like, you know what? I'm bringing Whataburger home for dinner. <laughs> in this case, she literally she had a man hanging upside down to his death because that's what he said he wanted on a, on a you know off off uh, shoot comment he made. He said he wanted that, and she went to go get that for him, which that is a lot. I think that's a lot. Um, she's a lot. And, and they're a lot together. Yes. Just, just, uh, just but you did you notice that she stands up? She stood up to every man in this book. For him. Every man who... But oh, him. I mean, yeah, that is also kind of true, right? Ultimately, at the end of the day. I mean, it was for her research in some cases, but you're right. The research revolves around him. Um, But I think the biggest defense and the biggest thing you can't take away from, and I think even she can't take away from is Harleen Quinzel murdered a man yeah. for the Joker. She killed Doc, uh, what's his face? Doc Bronson. Appear at that, not a stranger. Someone and she admitted that he did with. nothing wrong. Yeah, she admitted yeah. that he did nothing wrong. <laughs> he was never mean to her, none of that stuff. Uh, he just wouldn't allow Joker to get away one last time. And her... I guess out of fear of what what, what was to happen, um, I actually thought maybe because it was a three issue story that she would be Harley sooner. But I liked this this slow burn of her having to make a decision and ultimately what that decision was, which was to take another man's life. Which again, judge, jury, and executioner, right? Like, yeah. you know, you don't and get then to it, choose. It, it forwards, fast forwards to her being you know, the Har- Harley Quinn, as opposed to yeah. her running into the toy store, grabbing a bunch of things, and that just so happens to be who she turns into. Yeah. Yeah. And I could also see that, you know, 
you can also put yourself in the position. Remember how we were talking earlier about like support systems and stuff. Sometimes you could be around a negative. Um, what do you call that? Not a negative effect, a negative influence. You could be around a negative influence and do something you normally don't do. And then on the realization that that thing is something you normally don't do, not speak to anyone, right? Right. Um, let's say you don't steal and one day you and your friends decide to steal. Or let's say you don't do drugs and one day you and your friends decide to do drugs. In that moment, you have to choose. After the, after whatever's been done is done, you have to choose whether or not that was you or whether or not that was your influence, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that Harley plays around with it ultimately, but like you said, in a weird kind of empowering way, she it is it's her. You know, you want to lay this at the foot of Joker, and I mean, it's not it's not like he doesn't there isn't fault for him to have, mm-hmm. but. It's not all him, or at least not in this instance. At least, and I think that that's that's incredibly interesting. Which brings us to oh, I want to just talk about. So you were talking about um her how it got like how it got uh to the end, and she's basically fully Harley Quinn, right? And so what? Yeah, what a page right where they show her walking as Harley Quinn and the various. Harleen's trapped in like mirrors behind her and she she speaks that like the Harleen lifestyle feels like a very long dream that she's just she can't even remember when she started when she first fell asleep you know and that she still remembers another part of him or another part of her inside and that's that's the real tragedy ain't it well what about the one um when she's walking into Arkham and her oh, shadow yeah that was yeah. pretty powerful. I I like the whole. Um, I think it's the way the first issue ends, where she says, "Okay, I'll call you, Mister J or whatever," and it's his shadow, and it's like just her standing in front of the, I guess, the window, the mirror, whatever you want to call it, his cell, and it's just them two standing there yeah. at this long shot. I was like, "Man, this is not gonna go good." Because <laughs> this is the icon, this is the iconography that you know. Yeah. These two, when they get together, it's never gonna be good. Um, I I thought that that was big. Did you what? How did you think this was gonna end? Did you have any idea? I didn't think it was gonna go like fast forward that far. Like I was like, what what yeah. what is this? I mean, like why why are we this far ahead in the future? But I would have liked to see that her coming up with the character, her coming up with this persona. But I mean, each, each evolution, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I but that's me. I like to know the details. I like to know that stuff. Um, yeah. Some people probably were okay with it. They just jump in. Okay, now we know that's what happened. Now she's who she needs to be. Let's move on from here. <laughs> uh, I, I got I, the, the... Go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no! I was gonna say that I saved the the biggest questions for last. So this question is a two parter, um, and I think if you answer the second part, you probably don't have to answer the first. <laughs> but the question is because hard because after you know I really 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 liked how uh, towards the ending you had that scene with Batman and Alfred talking about her right, 
where right. Batman's like, I can't believe that, you know, he Joker just manipulated her and made her feel, you know, you know, like 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 he was the one for her and took advantage of her and she fell for him. And Alfred's like, you know, not for nothing, but that kiss kind of seemed genuine on both of their parts. So the question I have to ask is, do you think, just like Batman asked, do you think that the Joker loves Harley? And the second question, which might answer the first, is, does it matter? Given given how he treats her, does it matter? I think there might be some affection there. I think I think affection. I think there's affection like like how you love a dog. You okay. know? I don't think he loves yeah. her like he loves like if you how you love a spouse. I think it's more okay. like a and it's fun to say pet, you know, but I think that's how it was. Like you love your dog. And if it died tomorrow, it would be so heartbreaking. But you'd probably get another dog within the next month or two, maybe. I mean, some people oh may, may take them a little longer. But you know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. its not a child. It's not your parent. It's not, it's not that deep, unconditional, like, I'm going to die without you type love. It's a, I care for you. You're here. You keep me company. You're cute. You do stuff together. <laughs> right, right. But, <laughs> I mean, if you're not here tomorrow, then I mean, hey, what can I do? So here's a here's a little bit of a tangent. So remember, I told you that in, um, in 2011, they uh, DC like revamped all their stuff and basically started everybody from scratch. Yeah. Um, they killed off the Joker very early on. So majority of Harley Quinn in the beginning of the New Fifty Two, there's nobody opposing her. There's nobody, you know. There's nobody to. Fight over, lust over, any of that stuff. Eventually, though, he comes back. um, And he cut his own face off. It's the whole thing. But he comes back and he basically, like, he tortures her. He realizes that she's become more independent and he tortures her. And one of the things that he does is he shows her, like, this dungeon somewhere where there's other dead Harleys. Other dead women, skeletons wearing the same similar clothing that she wears and he tells her you thought you were the first and this is to my knowledge this is the only instance in this particular revamp you know this is the only instance in which it's been said that there's been multiple but i think that that speaks to your dog logic right like oh it's sad that my dog died i'll just get another dog and really what does it matter if i name them the same thing, right? Like right. if I had a dog named Spot it's and Spot dies, but I have no dog and named Spot. Too, and hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Santa's Santa's little helper, you know. You just give him the same name, and then it it all just uh it all just works. But that's incredibly tragic. It's incredibly tragic. Um, the next question I guess I got for you is. Is Harley Quinn a good female role model? And I'm asking that question because I think that's the biggest question I have after reading all this. Because I see her imperfections, and I don't necessarily see them as damning, you know. She's done some very bad things in the name of love. <laughs> that That's just what it is. And I think um, in answering the question, is she a good female role model, that relies strictly on whether or not you believe in redemption. Or the so, lengths of redemption. I was just going to say that. So it depends on which Harley Quinn you're asking about. Okay. Then, uh, let's go. Let, let's go this one 
or let's go this one and the the cinematic version that we've seen. Who, if you if you didn't know, the cinematic version, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is charged. Uh, we haven't seen her do it, but is charged with killing Robin. So there that there's that. <laughs> she has a body on her hands. Going back on that, I kind of was you know doing research for this, but I was I came across something about her kidnapping Batman's son and turning him into like a mini Joker. Oh yes, yeah. so this happened in um, Batman Beyond uh, Return of Joker. So in the Batman Beyond series, um, it deals with a uh, Gotham in the future. So just for the sake of numbers, let's say it's Gotham in the year 2040, just like Arrow, right? Okay. So it's Gotham in 2040. Bruce Wayne is old, and he mentors a young man to take up the Bat uh, persona. Um, You find out that the reason why he quit, or one of the reasons why he quit, is because um, on a thing to go take out the Joker, um, his Robin was taken it wasn't batman's son it was just one of the robins but he was kidnapped and they couldn't find him for like weeks they eventually uh find the joker batman finds the joker and joker has a home movies of joker repeatedly torturing this child electrocuting him you cutting him all kinds of potions and and you know serums and all kinds of stuff just literally torturing this kid to the point of madness and the kid and ends up becoming so mentally deranged that he thinks that he's the joker like that kind of stuff and again animated so that that's, that's an animated <laughs> that's but as i was saying like you're talking about like the safe space of animation that story was told in an animated <laughs> movie and based on an animated show so yeah there's no safe space when it comes to harley and joker i guess but do, is, is that too far I mean, it's the Nazi. It's, like it's, it's the Nazi soldier thing, right? Like right. the Nazi soldiers were just following orders. But right? then you look at the like Harley from, you know, Suicide Squad, and she's protecting the world and helping, you know, fight crime when she was the villain. But now she's, you know, turned the other cheek and she's helping and she's a good guy now. So, yeah, you you don't want to take away from the fact that people people can change. Absolutely. People can change, but they, they have to yeah. want to. They have to want to. And you have to realize, like I said earlier, you know, one murder, two murders versus four, five, six murders. Have a murder cut off. Have a murder cut off. That's all I'm asking. I do not think that's too much to ask for, to be honest. I'm sorry. I mean, there has to be a limit. There has to be a line for, you know, and there is, there's a line between sanity and just being Harley Quinn. Yeah. But these two like to, these two like to tightrope across that line. That's the issue, right? Like these two like to uh, balance beam on that Once you kind of, this is, is you can't go very far before there's no turning back. Let's just say. I agree. I agree. But you, but as it comes to Harley, she still has more good in her than bad. She had, she has some kind of sense in her to where she can. She so it seems like she's weaning out of it. it. Seems like she might be weaning out of it, but might still need I'm, that that uh, control around her neck to you know blow her head off if she. Right, right. Just in case she gets a little crazy. <laughs> if she yeah. to see it the wrong way. 
Um, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been credited as being a bit of a wordsmith on this uh, podcast. But your interpretation of Harley Quinn being a hero for herself, um, I really, really like that. I really, really like what the, the message that sends, at least, right? Yeah. Like it's really it, it. We all definitely need heroes and role models, but I think initially we all fall. We all get to a point where we didn't think we would ever be, and a lot of the times we have to crawl out of those holes ourselves, and you know, sometimes be our own heroes. And so, in that sense. I really like that message for Harley and that message that Harley, I guess, gives others. And of course, it's exaggerated to the point where she's, you know, a murderer or whatever. But it, it just comes to the point where you have to find what makes you happy. You have to dig yourself out that hole. Yes, there's people yeah. out here who can inspire you, but you have to be your own hero. You have to save your own life. Yeah. Yeah. Let's stop giving it to these clowns. Stop giving it. Stop messing with these jokers. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the end of Suicide Squad, uh, Joker saves Harley Quinn. He embraces her uh, and he tells her that they're going home. But as we know from the trailer of Birds of Prey, sometime after returning home, Harley Quinn broke up with the Joker causing her to uh, shed her former image and look for emancipation, eventually leading her to join the Birds of Prey as they confront crime boss Roman Sionis. Are you looking forward to Birds of Prey? I am. I am. She yeah? did. What, what is it about that that, that that interests you? Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I think she portrayed it so well that you get you get involved in the story. You get involved in the story. Just even if you're not a Harley Quinn fan. Yeah. She personifies it so well that it's like, oh, I like her. Oh, that's another thing that we have to add to that that entire, you know, talking about the character and what she gives to people. She allows women to be silly. Yeah. Like Harley's funny. She is funny. <laughs> You know, she's legit funny. She's silly. And that, you know, sometimes in the, in the, you know, in the effort to stay cool or stay sexy, we don't, we were not allowed to be funny. Right. And I think that Harley definitely, um, she definitely gives something to that. As far as Margot Robbie, like you were saying, I think that she, she kind of fell in love with the role. Like as I'm watching her, like she spearheaded Birds of Prey being R-rated. And then wanting a female director, you know, she's always come out and, and spoken about how well, I mean, how much she likes the Harley Quinn character. And I honestly think, and I said this before on other podcasts, mentioning people like Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. But it's like, it's completely different when, you know, you, you sign up for a role, you play that role um, in a movie, you finish the movie, and then you get paid for that movie. And it's completely different when you're walking down the street and a kid looks at you like you're a superhero. Right. You know? And I think Margot is starting to get those those feelings. Like little girls are showing up to her signings dressed as Harley Quinn. What good or bad, right? For good, right. for good or ill, um, that's happening. And I think in realizing her responsibility now, she's now created this um, Birds of Prey film that purports to be very female driven, very female empowering, um, and should be something uh, that makes little girls around the world happy. Yeah, and I, I'm 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 glad. That, trust me, there are worse characters to fall in love with playing, right? Oh yeah. So, <laughs> I I totally I totally dig um what she's doing with that. 
Are you? Do you want Jared Leto back? I don't think we've ever spoken about Jared Leto's uh, Joker. Uh, we've spoken about many things. Uh, you know, you're one of the people who've known me majority of my life. <laughs> but how do you? Where do you land on on Jared Leto's Joker? Do you think he needs to come back for this Harley Quinn? Could you see Margot with another boo? Unfortunately, we can never get another Heath Ledger performance. Yeah. So that's 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 the fact. It's never it can never happen. That is the ultimate Joker for me. I mean, <laughs> ultimate. Yeah. But not a Joaquin fan. Oh, I mean, Joaquin was in in his own world. Like that was. If we're gonna speak in like multiverse. <laughs> Yes, yes, 100%. I, I would yeah, let's say do it. he would be, you understand? That's a different universe. Like, I can't see him yes. with this Harley. Like, the cartoonish kind of Harley fit that cartoon. In, in many ways, yeah. Joker. In it's many ways, people one. felt like that Joker. In many ways, people feel like Joaquin's Joker can't even meet Batman. Yeah. Like, Batman seems almost too theatrical for Joaquin's Joker. Like, he's pretty. Right. He's know, so, like, real books. life, down to earth type of. Yeah, he's in his yeah. own universe. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even put them, put him in there. So, um, I, yeah. In in that sense, uh, Jared Leto fit with Margot Robbie for that, for that movie. But if it was, okay. you know, anything else, no, no, I I couldn't really take him serious. It kind of like the, um, when they did Romeo and Juliet. And they redid it, yes. and it was like all like post-apocalyptic Anac- kind of yeah, thing. anachronistic and stuff like that. Yeah, like none of it made sense in the time, time-wise, like, like the songs and everything else was right. Going so it yeah. it would be kind of like that. Like certain characters fit with certain thing, and that kind of fit, but it, the other wouldn't. You you get what I'm then, what I'm know, trying to say with uh, that? Yeah, like this this Harleen book that we read today, or or that we reviewed today, um, isn't doesn't take place in the main continuity. This this is not the story of our Harley Quinn. This is the story of a Harley Quinn. Right. So you're you're getting you're getting that exact um, thing that you're talking about right here, in the sense that you you can feel your attachments and all that kind of stuff to this particular Harley Quinn for this particular story. Right. The same way with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. That's that particular story. Um, were you a fan of Leto uh, in general, or do you just think that he was a good salt to her pepper in in that sense? She stole the show. It was it was always about yeah, her. Yeah. yeah, it was always about her. He was just a good. She he was the side piece for her. I felt like yeah. yes, in the movie, yes, the plot. She was his trophy kind of thing. But yeah, in reality, we every she was the stake of that meal for her. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That Harley man. Yeah. Originally, once once Suicide Squad was done, they were talking about obviously Suicide Squad two, which has now become the Suicide Squad. Um, I hear if you stay for the Birds of Prey post credits, you will get a teaser for the Suicide Squad. I guess you'll just jump from there to there. <laughs> but people, but people had talked about, um, you know, a Harley Quinn and Joker movie. Um, are you interested in something like that? I'm worried about how you make one without going back to the same well, right? I was just I about like have to, to say that. Like, what else? What else it, without it coming out to be a battered woman movie? Yeah, tor- uh, what, where else torture could porn. It, could it like go? You're just, you're just, right. Yeah. Like a long episode of Mad Love. 
Right, right. Which we got a lot of Mad Love in general in in there. And it's also weird. Once you make Joker a uh, romantic... Uh, what is that? What do you consider like? Like almost like a leading man, right? Then he he kind of loses some of the muster of the villain, right? Because you almost look at him in a relationship kind of status. He almost seems like above relationships. <laughs> so when you start to place him in those little holes with Harley, it it just I don't know. It just feels a little weird. Yeah. But um, I think I think they came up with like a weird little stand-in for Birds of Prey. Like I don't think he's in the film, but someone's going to be looking like him. Okay. Like, I guess with his garish suits and stuff like that. And then uh, they'll be breaking up. So it's good that we will be seeing our Harley Quinn be um, emancipated, right? The, the emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I want to leave this episode with a little bit of trivia. Did you know that um, Joe Schumacher, who did those, some good Batman movies, some bad Batman movies, but the one with Alicia Silverstone in it, um that the next movie after that was going to introduce Harley Quinn. Yeah. Uh, I think they were considering making Harley the daughter of the Joker because, as you know, Joker was Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. And Jack Nicholson is dead. Well, not Jack Nicholson. Joker's dead. Um, And considering to play her, they were going to get Madonna. That is hilarious. I thought that was a bit much. Um, Prior to, you know, Margot being in the role, I've heard fantasy... Uh, fantasy casting like Brittany Murphy. Okay. Um, which, you know, that, that could kind of work. Um, f- what? Man, I always pronounce her name wrong. Do you remember the chick from, I don't, and I don't mean to say chick derogatory, um, from uh, Waterboy? Yes. She was also in The Craft. The Craft. Faruza Balk? Faruza something. Yes. I think it's yes. Faruza Balk. What do you think about her? It's hot. You think she could have went crazy? Yeah, she does crazy pretty well. She did pre- crazy pretty well. Crap. <laughs> I think she was crazy in both of those movies. Yeah. <laughs> that we I mean, she ripped the heck out that alligator. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, she did. No, yeah, she totally did. Yeah, I can but... see her crazy. I just, I don't see Harley as that wide mouth type, loud mouth type, you know, persona. Oh, okay. Right. She's not boisterous. She's, right. She's... Okay. Word, word. Um, you know who? Have you seen good? any? Um, who? Um, the um, Zob- Rob Zombie's wife. Oh, Sherry Moon Zombie. Yes, yeah. I think I so. Think, I couldn't think of her name. Yes. Yeah, I just remember. I just like that that name. I can't forget because it's just so weird to me. <laughs> Sherry Moon Zombie. Um, people were saying Jamie Presley. Uh, what was she in? I think she was in. Just so uh, so funny to me. Like, I haven't seen her in something serious or like in. Action. Oh, Jamie Presley. So yeah, I haven't seen her in nothing like yeah. that for so long. It's just she's just like a comedian to me. Yeah, she she has been in a lot of comedies. Um, have you seen uh, or gotten a wind of the new Harley Quinn animated show that's currently on DC Universe? No. Okay, so there's currently a DC Universe animated show. Uh, about Harley Quinn. It's dealing with... Uh, the first episode deals with her breakup. It's um adult. Wait, is so that the one like where a... they're cursing and... Yes. Yes, yes. I have yes. seen a couple... I was going to ask you about that. Yes. I was like, what is this? <laughs> this is awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah. People are really digging it. It's it's voiced by Kate, uh, Kelly 
Kuko. Am I saying that right? Oh, from okay. Big Bang Theory. From Big Bang, yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she's the one that's portraying Harley in that instance, and it's also a very um empowering story as well, right? Like she's trying to go out on her own, uh, blaze her own trail. She has Poison Ivy there as kind of like a straight and narrow, um, a straight woman, you know, like the straight man in the in the kind of comedy troupe. Uh, the very Daria, right? <laughs> Poison Ivy's kind of. <laughs> kind of like daria in the sense that her, her humor is kind of dry and her delivery and stuff right um but all the pieces are there joker the legion of doom um harley uh there's an episode called bensonhurst where she goes back and um meets her family and without spoiling anything i found out from that episode that her father is a con man and a bit of a gambler and was in prison um and i thought that was like you know something that they use for the for the show but in true comic book animation fashion whenever they come out whenever dc marvel any of these properties decide to come out with animation um it's always true it always comes back to the source material so all of that's true um we were talking about her parents not really you know helping her or wanting her to get her degree um her mom did not want you know didn't support her at all but her dad was in prison and you put a unsupportive slash absent father in that stew that we were just talking about, and it all, you know. Oh, it makes that nice. It all kind of makes, yeah, yeah. It all, it all kind of, it all kind of fits in. She didn't have a positive male role model, therefore she couldn't find a positive male partner. Mm-hmm. Um, a little cliche, but it happens, and it's there. But um, yeah, that is. I think I think we've we've done it. I think we've done hardly some justice today. Yeah. Talking talking about her and all her various I didn't uh, ramble different forms much. and stuff. No, no, you were absolutely <laughs> uh you you're great. You're great. And I hope to have you on more episodes now that we've, you know, broken the ice yeah, a bit. This is I, awesome. hope, I hope you you're liking this format. Um is there anything you wanted to say? Was there anything that uh after reviewing all of this that surprised you, that made you more amped for the film? Is there anything um anything you've taken away from this whole Harley uh, experience. I mean, just kind of going back into, you know, building yourself and, you know, creating something for yourself. A lot of people tend to, tend to lean towards, well, you know, a man or a friend or a career or, you know, whatever to give them whatever happiness that they're searching for. You need to just like, Dig down deep in yourself. Hopefully, it's not murder. Hopefully, please. Yes, yes. Because for some people, it's going to be murder. But yes, not be murder people. I'm right. not condoning finding you know the inner villain in yourself. But find you know be your own hero. Be your own your own you know yeah happy ending yes. because you can't find like- it with no one else. I I've learned that myself. I'm. Happily married with children, but before that, you know, there was a kind of different situations where I wasn't so happy with myself, and it took it took me looking deeper into myself to find what I what what I wanted. And you can't make anyone else happy unless you're happy. You can't find yeah. happiness in anyone else unless you're happy. And it kind of showed that with Harley; she was trying to help someone and trying trying to help whoever possible and just happened to be she 
helped someone who was able to manipulate their way into her heart and yeah. and ultimately give her the sex. things that she should have given herself, right? Yeah. And because he gave it to her, she is now beholden to him because she can't get it herself. Right. He, she can't cultivate her own happiness and because he's now the purveyor of it, she now has to go to him for it. And what you're saying is, yeah, we, we need to make our own, make your own well of your own fountain of support and, and happiness and stuff. I, I got to ask, you know, I love them all. Is there any hesitation towards uh, showing Harley Quinn to my beautiful nieces? Um, they're, they're very aware of Harley Quinn. I mean, I have shirts, I have, I do have a onesie. Of course, it's the black and white. Awesome. The black and red. I mean, black and red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Authentic one. I'm actually looking at my black and red, uh, Harley Quinn hat right now. So yeah, the merch looks good. They (laughs) they know the character. They just don't know the story, you know, and the origin. And I mean, I'm not going to be one to, um, shelter my children they you know if i don't talk to them about it other people will and it probably be worse right. the, the conversation would be much worse so right they've seen they've seen um justice league but just like I mean, i'm sorry suicide squad but just like any right. other child they're not looking at it the way adult is looking at it they don't read it the same way yeah the same way we didn't see the domestic abuse in in the cartoon right right so yeah. When it comes time to it, and if they have questions, absolutely, absolutely, I'm here, you know, to help them understand and learn, and you know, help them make good decisions. And if that is explaining what that is and letting them see it, and that's what it'll take. That's absolutely amazing. And that's what we do here as part of the Major Issues Podcast. We try to get you guys to learn and laugh and love and and look at different perspectives. And the great thing about it is all of our episodes of Major Issues Podcast are available at comicbookclick.com, the official home of the Major Issues Podcast and all of our content. Uh, But... As you know, the Major Issues Podcast is available wherever podcasts are found. That's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Apple Podcast App, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Um, if you have an iPhone, it's already pre-installed. A podcast app is already there. All you have to do is look for it and then search the Major Issues Podcast. But the easiest thing to do, type in Major Issues Podcast inside any search engine and we'll be the first ones to pop right up because we're always talking about the newest, hottest, latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Another thing is we do these episodes every week and so we want to hear from you guys when you guys are aware of the topic that we're tackling and you guys want uh, to talk about it or given your two cents, we'll read it right here on air. You could reach us by going to facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at Major Issues CBC on the Twitter machine. Uh, we do we use that to promote episodes of the podcast, give casting news, all kinds of stuff. Uh, they dropped that trailer yesterday. You see that trailer yesterday? I've seen it. They dropped some trailers yesterday. Yeah, I'm yep. telling you. We got some big things to talk about. Got a lot of things to be excited over. Uh, Birds of Prey is next on the list. Um, I cannot wait. But yeah, if you guys listen to the backlogs, write in, uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. And if you can't do any of that, the easiest and cheapest thing to do is rate and review us on itunes because it's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't like about uh 
what we do here. Tell them you want more big sis on these episodes. Tell them you want more of a female perspective. Too much white chromosome on that major more issues podcast. Let them know. Sis. More big sis. Hashtag. Do it. <laughs> Make it a movement. More big sis. Um, I'm telling you, it's going to be a movement. Uh, but yeah, let us know and give us five stars if you really like us. You know, uh, it, it will help others find us, help us grow the click. And I don't know if I told you this, Big Sis, but I've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books, comic book media. Thing is, can't tell anyone how we do it, right? Breaks the timeline. So all I can say is that we do do it. Jump on the bandwagon while it's there's still seats left. There's, and it, it's shrinking. It's ever shrinking. Get on. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Like, share, and subscribe. This is the Major Issues Podcast. <laughs> but my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. Melissa Simpson, a.k.a. Big Sis. And this has been your Harley Quinn character retrospective. And remember, whether or not you have a pudding or Mr. J, whether you put on your uh, ponytails uh, red and blue one side at a time, whether you got a mallet, a pop gun, whether you're looking for some mad love or a toxic relationship, remember that we are the clique. And remember that you, yes, you are worthy. 